0: Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys.
1: Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now. But I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety, and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab, The Relapse. I'm Dana, your host and a recovering addict here with producer Shar.
0: Hey
1: who's not an addict, but has bad taste and friends. Uh, so we were uh, on vacation last week. Um, I would like to immediately get to some emails and some texts that we've been getting because there are some questions that you guys have. First of all, though, I would like to acknowledge Gary Shandling, who passed away today at the age of 66, which was a complete shock and very upsetting. They're saying he had a heart attack, it's like it, it just came out of nowhere. This whole year has been like that. And I think producer Shar, you were saying our friend Marcus said that what did he say? He said that uh two thousand sixteen has been a serial killer. That is so well put. It's, it is.
0: It's crazy how many people have gone
1: I know and
0: passed on this 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 year. Yeah, like and starting it, with
1: Bowie. That was like January
0: eighth. Yeah. I mean I don't know. I was like, was was that the official start of
1: all these people just falling over? Well, I feel like it was more like the end of 2015. Yeah, but, but yeah, but this season, if you want to say like this season, but it's only March and it's only March. I, I mean, know.
0: I mean, like, I don't want to get all morbid at the beginning of the show, but it's like if we pulled out a list of all the people that have gone in 2016, it's freaking crazy.
1: It's, yes, it's seriously scary. And so, you know, they all they always say they they base it on the whole Oedipal thing is as, as it comes in threes. So here are the three people that died this week: uh, Gary Shandling. Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest. He was only 45 years old, but he everybody knows he's been a diabetic because he used to call himself the Funky Diabetic. <laughs> Is that <laughs> so, what, it was, that's why? Yeah, it was okay. complications due to diabetes, which I know, I mean, a girl I went to junior high school with, I went to junior high school called Oakwood, and, and I was friends with this girl who I didn't even know she had diabetes And she died super young, just out of nowhere. It was really tragic from complications from diabetes, which I don't, I know it can kill you, but I don't really look at it like, you know, cancer or something that that, that's... That hardcore. And then um, Ken Howard also died. I don't know if that was today or this week. Uh, either yesterday or the day before yesterday. Okay, so he died. And he was 71 years old. He was the president of the Screen Actors Guild and, Guild and AFTRA. And he's been on a million shows. But I can't seem to recognize yeah, it. Yeah, well... Um...
0: Law and Order. Right. Like. Well, I guess his big thing was something in the 70s that I guess you and I, I'd never heard of it. And I thought I heard of most, you know, 70s Yeah, me too. Especially the kitschy or, ones. But um, it was um, The White, White Shadows. Shadows. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. And he was a basketball coach. And so that's what everybody knew him as. But I, I didn't recognize him when I first saw it. And then you and I were talking about it before the show today. And I, pu- I pulled his, his Wikipedia out. And I was just like, oh. I've seen he him in, like, familiar. everything.
1: Yeah, he's that guy. He's the guy who's, like, not... He's not famous by face, but he's the guy who completely, you know, has put his kids through college and bought homes and made a great life for himself just based on, on being in he's every He's got show. a gig every day. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a gig every day. He's that guy, which is really why he's... It's always that kind of person who seems to be um, the president of Screen Actors Guild, like James Cromwell when he was the president. Like, what has he not been in? You know what's funny is... is Well, it's not funny, but... Uh, when you saw his
0: picture and you were like, you didn't recognize him, you said, uh, maybe I'll need to see him in movement or something like that. And I'm like, I bet you if we like pulled up a video, like a YouTube video of him Uh walking around, we'd be like, we know who that is! Oh, that guy!
1: Exactly. Whereas Gary Shandling, on the other hand, everybody knows who Gary Shandling is. And it's just a complete shock. Uh, I, I mean, just out of nowhere. Yeah, but these huge people are passing away this year, and it's kind of depressing. So even though, hopefully, nothing is going to come out in the news that Gary Shandling was an addict, I highly doubt that. Um, And these people have not died because they were, you know, addicted to anything or on anything. But I just want to acknowledge that they passed away this week, and I just think that's really sad. Uh, I'm also going to get to emails and questions. If you have an email, a question, a comment, an observation, something for Epic Addict Fail, or anything, if you want your story to be told on the show, or you want us to announce your sobriety date, radio rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G O T O Productions.com. The phone number you can call or text anytime, 415 496 9511. You can send texts, call, leave voicemails even when we're not in the studio. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and coming up soon, YouTube. But we'll talk about that another time. It's all radio rehab, Dana, and that's where you can find us. Um, So, uh, we have been doing this thing where we do one show that's an entertainment show. We just started doing that. And then uh, this show, which is, you know, radio rehab, the relapse, which is more about addiction and recovery. And I got an email today. Dear Radio Rehab, I love the Conan O'Brien interview, but I have one question. Are you still going to do the addiction show? Because we love to listen to that after our Friday Young People's Meeting from Christopher in Austin, Texas. Um, Thank you for writing in, Christopher. Thank you for listening. And um, thank you for being part of my recovery. And the answer is yes. Uh, The entertainment thing is going to be completely separate. Like we were talking about last time, Charlene and I both um, are radio people and it seems like kind of everybody's putting out a podcast nowadays but because I feel like as as people who have been in radio for a long time we have you know I don't want to say more than most people to offer but we have a lot to offer being that uh, we have interviews that we can do with um, comedians actors talk show hosts like Conan and things like that we're gonna do one show that's just completely Completely entertainment based. Um, the only thing having to do with recovery is that I will be hosting the show and I'm in recovery. So that's going to be on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. This it will be this show, Radio Rehab The Relapse. Um, next, next Radio Rehab The Relapse for the uh, recovery show, there will be guests. There is a uh, convention happening this weekend. If you are in the San Jose, South Bay area, There's an NA convention. There's one every Easter, I've learned, and those things are usually awesome. I mean like thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of addicts, Um, lots of meetings, bands, comedy. It's it's really a great thing to be part of, and it kind of makes me wish I still lived in the South Bay. So you should definitely go check that out. I will do another email now. I feel really bad that I haven't been answering these emails. I just want to apologize for that. Uh, if you want to write in, like I said, it's radio rehab at go to productions.com, G O G-O-T-O T O productions.com. Dear Dana, on your show in the beginning, you said you go to a meeting every day. Is that still true from Marisol in Canoga Park, California? I think it's really odd that someone asked me that, especially right now, <laughs> because uh, I'm going to be completely honest when I say no. Um, I have been for pretty much the entire time, um, this time that I've been in recovery. But, you know, things happen. Well, what's happened in my past is life happens. Then I get too busy to go to meetings. Then I get a huge resentment. Then something else happens and something else happens. Maybe I get in a relationship. I don't, and then then I relapse. So I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen. I know people who have uh, 26 and 27 years of sobriety. Who still go to meetings almost every day. Um, my sponsor in particular said that she knows that um I think she said a diet of four meetings a week has her healthy and that has her in good shape. One thing I notice uh when I have don't go to a meeting every day, I still go to meetings. I go, I mean, I've been going to like three a week. Uh, but for me that's not enough. Because one thing I notice is I get aggravated agitated, I'm driving, I get road rage, my tolerance level is way down. Um, you know whereas normally I can be kind of spiritual and like let things pass. I kind of get grouchy, you know and think, I don't I just get really negative. And I feel like not just people who are new in recovery, but everybody in recovery should have some kind of a connection to a fellowship. That's always helped me. And um, this week has just been crazy. We've got another entertainment show uh, coming up next week. So we're going to a screening of a movie. And we're doing an interview with the director and the star of the documentary uh, for the entertainment section. And it's been, Things have just been hectic. Somebody I know had to go and get pregnant. Now I have to go to this baby shower. <laughs> what? I said it. I mean, really. It's like how? I, and see, this is how you can tell how unspiritual I am. My first thought is, how is it my problem? problem that's how i see it problem no that's not i need to go and be present and show my love for people i care about <laughs> what uh
0: <laughs> last weekend i went to this wedding and you and i actually had this oh, conversation God, I, I I'm, I'm getting, I I'll, I'll put you on blast <laughs> for it but um the, the the wedding was in la right and um when i got the invite i said i don't know if i'm going to know anybody at this wedding cuz it's you know it's for um it's like in a, Orange County or something. It was in Orange County and it was a, a it was a publicist, you know, a a a dear friend who I met through work. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I texted you and I was like, "Hey, do you want a road trip? You want to go to LA with me to go check out this go to a wedding." You're like, "Wedding? No." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, okay. Well, I'll find somebody else. I just thought that maybe if you were up to it." And then you're like, "Just because you got invited doesn't mean you have to go." And I'm like, <laughs> And I'm like sitting there going, wow. And I remember texting you. Uh, that or, sounds like me. And, yeah. I, I, and I texted you and I said, uh, or my reply to you was, look. Weddings, like people spend a lot of money on their wedding. What you said made me feel bad. And it was like, it was like, I go, what did I say? I said, I go, these people spend a lot of money on their special day and it's important to them. And they don't let everybody into that day. And the fact that you're invited to me
1: to to go be there for them. Right. It's like
0: they, I I said, I said, they are I'm They consider me part of that inner circle to invite me. So I'm going to try to at least make every effort I can to go. And then your reply was, you're a good person, Char. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant that. You're a better man than and I. I was because- like, And when
1: I read that, I was like... Is she being mean? Is no, like- I wasn't. I swear to God, I wasn't. I'm was like, thought you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> no, that's my first thought was, you're a better man than <laughs> I. You know, it, it's like, because seriously, my first thought, and it's a little selfish, but I was in a relationship with somebody who was dragging me to, like, I swear to God, people were getting married all willy-nilly the year my dad died, just everybody. And, and you know, watching somebody's dad walk them down the aisle is very difficult for me. At this point, I could totally handle that, but... It's the whole wedding is free booze. And it's like, you know, I I think I need, I I think I'll need like 10 years sober before I'm going to sit there at a wedding and watch people drink free booze.
0: Even, unless it's my own. Well, see, that's I guess I guess that's the
1: difference between I'm you a goofy everybody
0: at my wedding because <laughs> I don't when I I th- I don't think about I think about the free I think about the nice dinner I don't oh, think <laughs> oh. I, I don't ever think about the free the like I don't always think of an open bar that's
1: the difference between an alcoholic mind and a non-alcoholic Cause, I mean mind. like with me
0: I, like when I I t- I ended up taking um my my young cousin uh, goes to school out in Long Beach, out there. So I made a weekend of that, and I visited her, and we hung out all weekend. And I told her, and, and that was I, I said, you know, like, hey, we'll get we'll get a good meal, and we'll go hang out, and we'll like make go to you know downtown Disney or you know, like do something. Oh, that's and nice. We just we hung out, but I never never occurred to me that it was like, oh. Free, open bar, yeah. But then I was talking to somebody else about it. I guess that's what everybody thinks about. Well,
1: okay, good. Now I don't feel so because bad. Because somebody
0: else told me, they, they were like, because I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to this thing. I'm literally going to L.A. for, or, you know, down south for like A two day. days. Yeah, yeah, like I went Saturday, came back Monday afternoon, and uh, and she was like, well hopefully they have a good open bar and you'll just make the best of it and you'll make up all the money that you spend
1: driving down there in the open bar. And I was like, that's how I would think. I wonder, though, does that person have an inkling of alcoholism Alcoholism in them? A little bit. A little bit. Okay, I think I know who we're talking about, and I think I agree. But so well, one time my, a very dear friend of mine got married, and I actually went to their wedding in Los Angeles, and she married. I love the man she married. He's awesome. He refers to himself as an alcoholic. I don't—he he does drink, but I don't quite see him as an alcoholic because he's so incredibly functional, and he's, like, a very successful person. But he was walking around—and what's really crazy, I happened to be sober at that wedding. I think that was back when I had, I had three years. So I'm there, and he's going around. He's going, everybody drink. You are charging—he's or he's saying, I'm losing money if you don't drink. You know, because he paid for this open bar, and it was so funny. And I remember being like, "Why? When I'm sober, is this happening? God, when I was drinking, there's no open bar." And I remember when I was drinking, going to weddings, and it'd be an open bar, and all they had was like damn wine. And I'm like, "Come on," you know. And then I'm the jerk, completely ham. I was always the hammered jerk at weddings, <laughs> just the, you know, like it, like uh, a good friend of of. Uh, my ex, well, my exes anyway, I had this great, beautiful wedding, and it was in a beautiful place. And by the end, I'm, like, holding someone's dog, sobbing.
0: <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what
1: happened. It's just a bunch of booze and then the tears, and I don't know what I'm crying over. And, you know, I just waste, that was just, oh, those were the really hard Bloated, awful days of my <laughs> alcoholism, and yeah, that's that's I guess how I see weddings right now. They're just ah. So basically, you're not ready to go to a wedding. Yet. Yeah, not re- not quite ready to go to a wedding. Which, Definitely which, not which, ready which, to have one.
0: Which now that I you know, like, it didn't even occur. See, that's the thing is like it didn't even occur to me. Right. Yeah. I didn't think it was like I thought I was just thinking you and I going to L. I was like, oh, we do like we do fun shit together driving right, down yeah. L. And, and never even occurred to me that I was like, oh, it's a boozy thing. Yeah. That. See, I I guess that's just non existent alcoholics. Exactly. Non-existent
1: alcohol <laughs> exactly you could take it or leave it. It just doesn't matter to you. <laughs> it, it it really affects me. Which is funny. I mean it just it's like there are events that are you know, but a lot of people say concerts. I oh I can't go to a, a show, sober, I've never done that. But for me, because I kind of grew up around that and I grew up in the business, I've been to so many concerts I've been to more concerts sober. Than I have, you know, drunk or loaded. You know, especially because it's like my family. I can't really be messed up around them. (laughs) And... So, I mean, I can completely experience music. I have no problem with that. Even when it's like, you know, somewhere like uh, with the Sonoma Music Festival where Ringo Starr played. You know, I know that was a big wine event. It's Sonoma. Everybody there is a functional alcoholic. Kind of. I mean, they all drink so much wine and it's somehow normal. But there's also a huge recovery community up there. And I think I was one of the four people sober at that event. I saw other sober people. It was funny. We walked right to each other in this like huge crowd of people because it's like everybody was just so looped, you know. Women my mom's age dancing on tables and stuff. It was that, you know, that kind of party. <laughs> I think I pretty much. That's why I stayed backstage uh, for the majority of the event because most people in bands who have been in a band for a very long time and the band is still still successful, those people are sober somehow because they'd be dead <laughs> if they weren't. If they were drinking to excess. Uh, anyway, we're gonna get let's get to some of the the uh, text questions. Did I I think I already gave them the phone number out, but yes you did. If, in case you didn't write it down, it's 415 496 9511 Um I have some texts here. The first one is from 510 area code. If you don't put your name in the text, I I won't say your name on the show because I don't know it. If you would like your name said, I could see your phone number. I won't read your whole phone number. I'm just saying it's from 510 area code, which if you're listening somewhere else, it is in in the California East Bay in Northern California. This question is, can a person be too young to become addicted to alcohol and or drugs? Um, No. Uh, Again, I'm not a doctor, but from what I do know, research and experience show that the younger someone starts using alcohol or drugs, the greater chance that they will become addicted. In fact, one treatment center I was in, I was the youngest person in there, and there was this old man who was the oldest person in there. And we were the two most hard-headed people in the facility. I think he would like <laughs> he was in his 80s, and I was like 20. And somebody des- described this really well. Because it was so funny. I was always like, well, I would have been fine if I didn't get caught. That was always my M.O. That was always my way of thinking. It's, well, you guys came and spoiled my party. You know, like my cop, my party got raided by the cops. That's kind of my, was my attitude. This old man was so pissed off because he got a DUI when he wasn't even in the car. That's because he jumped out of it. He was, the <laughs> car was parked, he was drunk. You know, the key's in the ignition, the car's on. He gets out real quick when the cops and he's like, I wasn't even in the car. There's nothing in his mind going, why were you drunk at 11 a.m. though? You're 81. Why were you drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning? You know, And same with me. I'm like, well, I wouldn't be here if my parents didn't make me go. It's like, but why are you loaded and you're 20 years old? Why are you strung out? Um, So it's funny. And and a counselor at that treatment facility said something really good. She said, people who are really old and people who are really young in recovery – This is why it's so it's harder for people who are really young and for people who are really old, because people who are older, they have a bag completely filled, let's just say, with rocks, not cracked rocks, just metaphorical rocks. And in order to stay sober and to work a program and to get to become spiritual and to learn a new way to live, they have to take those rocks and get rid of them. They have to throw out all their, the rocks are their old ideas, so they have to throw out all their old ideas and fill it up with new ideas, which is hard to completely start over and change the way you've been living for your whole life. Now, when you're young, you've got an empty bag full of nothing, and you've got to fill that up with new ideas and learn how to live. So, those are, that that was explained to me, and I thought that was a really good, um, I don't know, I just thought that was a really good yeah. explanation. Yeah, it's really interesting. I have another text uh, from 323. Marijuana is a plant. Why do people say? I know. I'm serious. It says that. It says that. Like, oh, thank you for telling us. I, I was watering this thing. You're wondering why it smelled like. No. Um. What is this? A skunk flower? Marijuana is just a plant. How is it really that dangerous? Okay. Well, experts say uh, yes. Marijuana is a plant, but it also has very real health consequences, including drug addiction. Um. Some people think marijuana is harmless. Some people don't even become addicted to it. But actual experience and science show a different reality because more teens in treatment with a primary diagnosis of marijuana dependence than for all other illegal drugs combined. And that's true um, for my own personal experience where I've been. The people, the young kids that I see in in recovery nowadays, it uh, weeds their thing. That's why they're in there, and they had a problem with it that was so bad that, you know, they have to go into rehabilitational facilities uh, in lieu of going to juvenile hall because they're, you know, it's just a plant that they're addicted to that's ruining their schoolwork. It's ruining their relationship with their family, and it's causing them to steal and to do, um, you know, nefarious things so that they can get their hands on it. It is a drug. Um, Whether or not it's the gateway drug remains to be seen. I don't don't really— I don't know. I don't see that. Uh, there's one other text here that I'll get to because I don't know how we are on time here. Uh, and we also still have to do Epic Addict Fail, which is coming up. Um, how do I know if someone close to me is addicted to alcohol or drugs? And then in parentheses, I think it's my son. I'm not sure what that means. That's from 213. I happen to know that 213 is Los Angeles, like the one area code I've gotten, besides the East Bay one. Um The short answer, if you or someone close to you is having a problem with alcohol or drugs uh, and they continue to have that, it's time to get help because obviously continued use causes problems. Uh, Then in parentheses, it's my son Uh, I can't really tell from this text whether or not you think that your son's addicted or you can't tell. I don't know how to tell if your son's addicted from from here. I wouldn't know. But my suggestion would be if it's an underage person and they're in your home, uh, you could, you know, go to Walgreens and get a pee test. They sell those now. I always thought that was so funny because I would be in Walgreens and I would see, like, a urinalysis kit, like, for drugs. And I'd be like, why would anyone buy that? So they could pee and go, oh, my God, I'm on drugs. It never, <laughs> it's like, and then once I realized what it was for, I'm like, God, why didn't my parents do that? That must have been their level of denial. My parents, was they probably so didn't really want the truth back then. Has, has that always, that's always been available? Is like, is that Not always I'm... at Walgreens, but you could have gone to a doctor. I mean, okay. you know, especially my parents, like they could have gone to a well, doctor. I and...
0: mean, my mom worked at a lab, so it was really easy for her to just come home with a friggin' Oh, your mom. Yeah, for the, sure. So like, I didn't. I never thought of, like, I always thought that, oh, I need to get a test done. I got to go ask my mom. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know? If so, your mom was my mom, my addiction would have been awful for me. <laughs> it would have been. So I would go to the bathroom, and she'd run in there and stick some swab in the toilet, and I'd be done for. it would be like, I'd be sitting. Can you imagine me trying to lie to somebody who's sitting there with some scientific kit of proof? Like, no, it's red, therefore you're loaded. Yeah, i mean like, like, no, it's not. My aunt's,
0: uh, both of my aunt's, uh, they didn't have to go to get the little home pet pregnancy test. Like, my mom came with a... With, with like, a Q-tip and just swabbed like, with, and, like, yeah, you're pregnant. No, it was, like, one of the... It was, like, a real... I don't know if it was a blood test or if it was something. But I know it was a kit that came from a hospital. Oh, wow. Like, like it was... It wasn't, like... So, when it was positive, it wasn't, like, oh, we should try this a few times. Yeah, right? It yeah, was like, like the Walgreens oh, ones. Yeah, this is real like, you yeah, know, this is... You're really pregnant. Yeah, let's start planning and naming
1: and, you know, not eating sushi or whatever they did. No, it's funny because I have a close friend who has gotten pregnant recently, and she took, like, a bunch of tests, and they were all negative. She was totally positive she wasn't pregnant and went to the hospital thinking she was sick and having tests run for a completely different reason, and they found that she was pregnant. So there's something to be said for those Yeah, I thought she was like I thought she was like Carrie Matheson on Homeland. <laughs> Do you remember? Okay, that? wait. I don't remember. How did she get pregnant? I vaguely remember this. She uh,
0: she got pregnant by uh, by Brody, right? right? Right, right. And but he had already died. Is it? Oh he no! No, already... no! 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 He hadn't died yet. No, but the, no, he was on the run. That's right. <gasps> Remember That's he, was right. on the, he was on the
1: run, and so okay. she was
0: by herself, and she was like, you know, free, like she was like banging guys all the time, and like all yeah. this stuff. So and she doesn't. Know. No, but she already knew. But she would so she would like bang a guy, and then go to her, like send the guy on his way, go to the bathroom, and then pee on a stick, and then it would still come out positive, and then she'd just throw it, and it was like in a drawer of like fifty positive.
1: So oh. she just kept taking it, and it kept going. Yeah, you're pregnant. Yeah, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, she, I don't think I was sober I think she for was, that season.
0: <laughs> I think she was in denial of the fact that yeah, I'm pregnant with dude. That's in like you know where was he? Yeah, in like somewhere
1: in like the Middle East. Like yeah, Guatemala. Yo, you're somewhere. He was somewhere in the Middle East, strung out on heroin yeah. because they and they specifically got him strung out on heroin so that they could control his mind. Right. That was a very. Weird episode, and they actually touch on Ibogaine, which is something I knew was a real thing. Ibogaine is something they used to give heroin addicts, like in the it's not really, it's kind of frowned upon actually by the recovery community. It's almost like an acid trip. It's like the serious, like, like, it's like, uh, what's it called? Peyote. It's like a peyote type thing, and they give it to you, and whatever happens to you on Ibogaine. Is so damn bad that you don't want to pick up drugs again. That to me sounds awful. That just does <laughs> not. That's like in the sixties. Like I was telling you, I had a friend whose whose um, parents were addicted in the sixties, and that's how they got them off was they took them to a psych ward and strapped them to a table, and that's how they kicked. Which makes me feel you know cushy and spoiled a little bit for for the whole Suboxone thing. But hey, it helped me. Um. Like, like I was saying, we've got, uh, we've, we've still got Epic Attic Fail coming up. If you want to write, call, uh, Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G O T O Productions.com. Uh, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, and soon to be a YouTube channel, which, um, I don't know. You know, I feel like I, I have, um, a type of personality who you kind of more need to see in person because, as I'm told, I make a lot of weird faces when I'm talking. No. I, I See, but to me, I didn't really know. Well, I was in this movie called, what the, What the I forget what it was called, One Way to Valhalla, and I'm watching it. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me I make those ridiculous, stupid faces when I talk? Like, what's up? Why do I flare my nose like I just didn't, you know, but it's it, sometimes you just have to see me to understand what I'm saying. So I feel like I'm going to do a little bit of a comedy, not a comedy. I mean, just something as interesting and entertainment to go with the part of the radio rehab show that is for entertainment. I know purposes. you won't let.
0: I know you won't let me release it, but
1: um, we oh had talked God. about this before. I can't imagine what this is.
0: No, it's not even that bad. But um, when we like just when we first started radio rehab, the show. And I was oh, saying those episodes and I know and I when I was telling you what you should do is you should start taking videos of yourself when you have thoughts and there's one where you're in your car driving. You know what?
1: Why not? I We could totally release that. And I think it was funny where the is it where like I'm like driving somewhere like a Napa and I'm going over bumps and I can't control the and I and, and the thing and keeps like falling shot. and then <laughs> and then there's a part where you see um, an Annapal. yeah
0: and then you like make the sign
1: across oh god okay yeah actually we will release that because that's exactly what it looks like to be in my head ever and I'll just start taking more videos in the car because seriously I could be completely dead serious I'm on a thought if I drive by an Annapal by the way, an Annapal is an animal, but I call them Annapals because animals are our friends, and I love animals. Um, in a dorky way, I have the heart of a vegetarian, but I eat meat. Uh, so, <laughs> and, as I see, if I see a hurt animal on the side of the road, what it just I- Breaks. What my did I heart. call Anna Pals before? You thought I was saying Panamals. Panimals. Panimals. <laughs> Which sounds like what a Panamanian animal. No, it's Anna Pals. They're our friends. Actually, that links to Conan O'Brien. If you have not listened to our Conan O'Brien episode, it's the one before this, the entertainment one, and you should go listen to it because it's an interview with Conan and it's great. But Conan used to write with Robert Smigel, and he's the one who created Anna Pals on TV Funhouse. Which was the Saturday Night Live thing, Mm -hmm. which is something, you know, if if you're kind of like a cult fanatic Conan fan, you'll know. (laughs) Well, I only know about it because I had to listen to that interview. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I'm such a fan dork. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, we will definitely release those because it's kind of funny. And then the one where I'm listening to Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll and I'm like, and AA meetings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we have a couple things that we can release. And then we're going to release some interviews that we're doing. And I do believe that we're nearing the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for writing in. Um, if you have not written in yet, please do so. If you would like us to acknowledge your recovery birthday, please write in and tell us what it is. Radio Rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. And, and tell us. And if you would like to maybe, you know, tell your story on your birthday or if you would like to be interviewed. If you have something to say, I would like this show to become a little more interactive. Um, I know it's easier to write questions in and to write your stories in. But I would much prefer to have you tell them than to have me read them from a paper. See what I mean? And with that, I believe it's time for...
0: End.
1: Today's story, true story from the news, this happened in Shorewood, Illinois, not to be confused with Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, if you're a Breakfast Club fan, because I found out that place doesn't really exist. Okay, I'll do this like a real uh, newscaster. A Shorewood woman stuffed 45 crack rocks in her vagina, and her friend stashed a crack pipe in her rectum. But they could not fool the cop who found it all during a traffic stop, police said. Jessie Robinson, 26, allegedly had 45 crack rocks in her badge when the Shorewood police pulled over the van she was riding in about 3 a.m. March 15th. Officers arrived as the van was leaving the Econo Lodge parking lot. The cops had been sent to the Frontage Road Motel for the second time that morning when they stopped the van. Evidently, Robinson had been living in the Econo Lodge motel room with several other people. (laughs) Sounds like a crackhead. Police said, but they kicked her out. She was supposedly trying to get her stuff when her former roommates called the law. After stopping the van, the officers reportedly called for assistance from the Joliet police. They responded, brought a drug dog. You can see where this is going because, you know, (laughs) dogs already do that. They bring a drug dog and you've got drugs right there. Oh, my God. After finding all of that crack in her veg, an officer located a crack pipe in the rectum of another van passenger, 24-year-old Brianna Fleming. Fleming also had warrants out for her rest. Um, there was another passenger who repeatedly lied about her name and date of birth because she was uh, wanted on a warrant. So all of the girls were arrested. Robinson remains in custody at Will County Jail. Her bond was set at $100,000, so if any of you want to try to get her out the 33-year-old man who was driving the van was released without charge. You know, as we say in recovery, but for the grace of God, there go I. Yes. That could have been me on many, many an occasion. You got to see this girl. I mean, she look. You know, she looks like she's beautiful. She could be a million things that she's not because she's smoking rock. <laughs> We're going to put this on the Twitter. Check out our, our Twitter, uh, Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Uh, we're gonna throw this story up because I want you guys to see her face and feel free to comment, respond. I just um, w- our, one of our uh,
0: last previous Attic, uh, epic epic fails were uh, was the it was chick- another
1: Coke in the vag, Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like it was the the size of a like three pound egg or something like that.
1: Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I w- didn't see the three pound egg part because yeah, wow,
0: it was like yeah, it was like it was a it was you a gotta giant make egg. Room for Yeah, that. and um. And, but then you, your comment was like, well, duh, hasn't anybody tried that before? You know? No, not the
1: egg thing, anybody? but hasn't
0: anybody, you know, keistered something? It's like,
1: what if you're an addict? Come on, how do you get through an airport?
0: Well, ever <laughs> since you told me that, every I, I think about all the times that uh, when we used to work together at other radio stations and you used to walk funny, and I was like...
1: <laughs> no, I was never carrying chemicals in my butt. <laughs> What? Now you're making things up. If I walk funny, well, then thank you for telling me. But no, I never had anything inserted. But thank you for bringing that up. And now I'm gonna be paranoid about the way I walk. Damn. You know. You know what would really be funny? If I leave here and I'm all like concerned about my walk, which is making me walk even weirder. And a cop <laughs> comes up and he wants to check. Oh my god, I'll die. I will turn into a fart and vaporize and die. <laughs> Like for being, we need to check. We think you've got something up there. Yeah, thank you for planning that in the OCD mind of the alcoholic. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you see somebody walking funny, you might want to go ask them what they've got up there. No, don't don't do that. It's it's actually a bad call. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next our next uh, radio rehab. The relapse episode will be a week from today, next Thursday, and our show coming out on Tuesday will be our entertainment episode where I'm going to a screening of a movie and I am interviewing the star of the documentary. That will be on Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Stay sober.
0: Sex and drugs and rock and roll.